Welcome to the Wonderland. A podcast with coaches Amanda Jones and Alex Linares. Listen in as they drop down the rabbit hole to explore reality, suffering and awakening. Leave your worries and fears behind and get ready for a taste of the Wonderland. Welcome, everyone, to the first episode of the Wonderland podcast. I'm Amanda Jones, a coach and explorer. I help people break out of and understand suffering and confusion about their experience in terms of worry, habits, frustrations, and generally just what what's going on in life. And I'm Alex Linares. I am also a coach helping people find transformation in all areas of their lives and their goals and in their habits. I want to start out with a couple of quotes that I think are a great intro to what the goal of this podcast is. The first one is by Alan Watts. He says, this wonderland may seem weird. You may find this place rather strange. But some of the things that are weird are weird because they are just obvious and nobody ever thinks of them. Some of the most fascinating scientific discoveries came from questioning common sense. Like, everyone can see the earth is flat, and then that's questioned. And the second, the second quote is about why are we even here? Why are we exploring this? And it's by Michael Markham, and it says, Other than the loss of shame and guilt, the fear of impending doom, the looming feeling that one is fundamentally flawed, and the belief that there is something terribly wrong with the thing, way things are, there is no benefit to this change in perspective. <laughs> That's what's funny about, about this exploration is that there is a felt sense to it, that there's questions that come up for us, but there's also this felt sense, like something doesn't make sense, something's off. Yeah. And, and that's often what, what drives a lot of the seeking um, that we go through different modalities uh, throughout our lives, right? We go through the external world and then the internal world, but there's just this void that that seems to be wanting to be filled with with different things. And um, that's that's really what we're exploring today on this first episode is how does one enter this conversation at all? How do these questions come up and why do we feel compelled to to ask them and, and keep seeking for answers? And and it kind of reminds me of the feeling of walking into a room and forgetting what you were there for, right? There's just this tension of, you know, there's a purpose for this, for me being here. Um, and then, then you know, not really, it doesn't come to mind easily. And, and then we start kind of seeking and searching for, for what it could be. Um, and it, it, what I've seen in my own experience and, and the experience of those around me is that, there's kind of a first phase to this where that void, that feeling that something's off, we we look at the outside world to try to address it. So maybe what we accomplish, right? Our external accomplishments out in the world or or who we are out in the world and how we show up. And and then we kind of get onto it. Like it doesn't do it. It doesn't, yeah. it, it, we always end up in that same space of 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 something missing. 
there's so it's so interesting to to see how universal that feeling is that something is kind of off there's a there's a old ancient zen quote that says would there be this eternal seeking if the found existed so it's kind of it's 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 kind of built in as life's longing as as the flowers long for the sun type of thing the human mind seems to long for next and better and other but in that frustration and confusion it fills in the blanks it must be because of this because i'm not good enough because i don't have enough money because i don't have the right partner because right it it has to fill in the blanks yet mm-hmm. it never reaches a satisfaction and that's that's the paradox is that the impossibility of satisfaction is actually the peace that passes understanding that there is yeah. no end point there is the longing is not a problem the seeking is not a problem it's the belief that you are actually getting somewhere and you need to fill that lack Yeah, I think that's that's the critical piece, right? That that there is this feeling uh, or this sense of uh, that w- maybe a mind translates into something missing. Yeah. Um, and of course, if if we think that there's something missing, our mind will provide many suggestions as to uh, what could potentially fill it. And I think it's also really important for us as as we're getting more. Um, like really understanding that feeling in a different way and, and and expanding how we how we feel that feeling that a lot of it is learned a lot of the suggestions that our brain and our mind will give us are learned um and and we don't necessarily have to know who we learned it from it could be society it could be family it could be essentially like an archetypal um belief system that we've inherited uh but that it's all suggestions to fill something that we don't even understand the shape of it, mm-hmm. right? So, so we're trying to to find what it is, what the shape is by the things that we try to fill it with, and um, and that's that's almost to your point. Part of the exhaustion is that we keep doing that, and and nothing seems to do it, and yeah. and that also seems part of it, right? Like it seems yes. like it goes hand, you know, hand by hand uh, with the longing is that the impossibility of of it being filled uh, by anything. Yes. So what is going on here? It's these questions that we can kind of ponder and ask is what, is what I think is happening really happening? Am I really something in here looking out at a world? Is what I believe actually verifiably true? And who, who, who is the judge of that? So what, what are all these assumptions that are being taken on face value? And do I actually choose my preferences and my desires? It, in my experience, no, there's just, there's either a preference for chocolate or vanilla. There's nobody, there's, I, I don't have a sense that that was chosen by somebody separate. So how do I... Do I believe that I, that I choose my beliefs about the world and reality and myself? Or 
are they simply arising because they're part of the whole energetic movement of the universe or whatever this is and and part of that that feeling of of being off really is that gap because there's there's um there's a learned uh belief or a learned way that we show up in the world where there there are choices to be made and someone making them but anytime we sit back and really see the complexity of any choice that we make you know that that we're we feel we're making we don't we don't really understand how it happens and <laughs> yeah. and that's that that can be a scary place for for some to go is to to drop back into that space of i don't understand i i don't understand what what really is happening here how these things are how this movement is occurring how choices are being made how seemingly important decisions are coming through and and happening and I think that's really part of what the feeling of being off, if not what the feeling of yeah. something being off is that when we ha- have made this assumption and the separation between this person who is in the world living and interacting with an external world, it's not how it shows up in, in, in our day-to-day moment-to-moment. It's, it's a lot more complex than that. And, yeah. and, there's that that complexity. I use the word complexity to really um, express that it, it's a lot more intertwined than than a person who lives in the world who has decisions to make. Yeah, and it could be quite unsettling to, like you said, sit back and 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 notice how we actually don't know how anything is arising in our experience, thoughts, feelings, sensations, because the mind is conditioned to believe that somebody's in charge here, whether it be a God or a self, a me, autonomous being that is separate from everything else. But like you said, there's there's no evidence of that because we don't have access to how every, anything arises. You don't know what your next thought is going to be or your next feeling is going to be. And so the mind kind of scrambles to make predictions and assumptions and then steps back out of the way as if that is actually what is happening. Yes, this is real. This is reality. I chose this. They are like that. I am like this. That's how it is. And no wonder that that evokes a sense of suffering, of continuously seeking to make, thing, make things make sense in this chaotic universe that somebody's got to be in control of well what uh, we're going to pose the question of what if that's not the case what if things are self-arising there's nobody in control that control is an aspect of a brain who that that is learned to protect itself protect the organism but control has nothing to do with it yeah and and as you were describing that, I'm thinking of there would be no need for the concept of control if we could really sit back and settle into the possibility that there's no agenda. Mm-hmm. Because at the yes. in in the background of of someone needs to be in charge here, 
is because this person in charge knows how this story ends and where yeah. it's going and, and what the right decision is because there's a path towards something that we're, you know, that we're walking and, and that's, that's kind of underlying a lot of our seeking is that there, there is this, this plan that we're moving towards. And in order to get there, the right decisions need to be made by the right people, whether that's us as the individuals who are, you know, really going through all the options and making the right choice or a greater power that sometimes yeah. we even give it to, to nature, like nature knows. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting to then start detangling how much of our language and our, a lot of these concepts of, um, of yeah of of agent of of a of an agenda downstream from where we are and how we're participants in that um and there's a lot of tension in that if there there if there is a if there's a story that we're in if there's a movie that we're in and we we need to participate and and create the happiest ending like that's a lot of pressure pressure. (laughs) (laughs) it's so interesting it's the mind really has got to land on one side of the fence. Either the self idea of me is a victim or a victor. There is either one, one of the camps I must land in. But if you notice, if you look closer, those, it's like a ping pong game. You, the, you, you're kind of switched between each side. You're never landing in one space because thought arises spontaneously and all of a sudden it re- reality looks like I am in the victor over my circumstances or the next, very next moment I am the victim of my circumstances. There's no continuity. There is no ongoing predictability. And that is very uncomfortable for a mind brought up to believe that uh, the self idea is in charge that has agency and autonomy. Yeah. And as, as you were, I was getting the, the visual, the ping pong ball going back and forth, that, that dynamic, it's all based off of the one concept that we're separate from the world. So mm-hmm. if we're separate from the world, we're either happening to the world or the world is happening to us. Yes. Right. Yes. There's these two separate things that are creating a dynamic and 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 it's gonna be either or because yeah. the concept, the underlying concept is that there's this essential divide yes. between us and and that's that goes back to the pressure. That goes back to why we we constantly feel this unease with with how things are showing up because we we're we're trying to play a part in, yes. in it, right? We're saying if, yeah. if I sit back, I'm either I'm the victim. And if I go yeah. charge into it, then I'm trying to control it. And and yeah. just that that back and forth is the tension that we feel. Yeah. That we feel it, like we have to land in either on either side. Right. Well, right. Those are the only two options, essentially. Right. Right. There's the the whole premise is false that there is this big separation that um That there's a me separate from a world that needs to either be controlled or embraced. And the the actual impossibility of predicting anything 
leads to that tension. But the whole premise underlying it is false. And that's what we have to explore is that even though I might feel like a separate person at times, that's what that feels like. That's one of the feelings. Other times when, when say you're in the flow of what they call the zone and you're, you're in some work or activity, there is no me thought until after it comes back in and says, Oh, I was in the flow, (laughs) but you weren't there during that to notice it. So that right there is a, is a aspect of the truth of no separation. It's only when thought comes in to divide and remember and take credit for being the controller, the doer, the thinker, the feeler. Yeah, and, and as we were, as I was contemplating this topic and and what what it felt like, and and it's a feeling that I've been very familiar with for a very long time. This feeling of something being off. That's really what what came up for me. It was that there is this essential separation that mm-hmm. out of if that separation is true, then then there's a lot at stake here, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I I need to take control. I mm-hmm. need to know how the story ends. I need to make these predictions and and I can really identify all those areas in my life where that feeling is the strongest, right? And mm-hmm. and it's interesting just to explore in our own lives. There's there's parts of our lives where we don't feel that huge separation where there isn't this divide and this polarity to it. And I, those are the areas where we tend to feel just lighter, right? Yes. And, and it doesn't mean that we know anything, that we're more certain about those areas in lives. Usually it's the opposite. That, or we got it right. Or, or we did, exactly. We made the right decision. Yeah. It's and and that to me going back to the topic and I'm I'm curious how how it um how it shows up for you but to me the feeling of there's something being off is in its essence the feeling of separation that's what exactly. feeling separate yes. feels like in my yes. experience yes yes the feeling that something is off is correct at the deepest deepest level when separation is is arising when that illusion is arising it is off. <laughs> You're right. It's it's correct. But it's not it it doesn't have a therefore we need to bring separation back into wholeness because it's an illusion. You cannot staple the waves together to make the ocean. It's already the case. So the feeling of off is is a is a correct intuition, but it's not something to be managed and fixed and filled it's just it's just that life's longing it's it's highlighting conditioned ideas of who i am who the world is what thing how things should be and and the in the niggling feeling in the back of the mind of ah maybe not <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe what I learned about myself in the world isn't actually the case. And what would that mean? Well, it doesn't mean anything. It's always been the case. <laughs> yeah. I love that because and it's a it's a theme that, you know, we we have when we have these discussions, which is 
there's nothing to do, right? Yeah. Nothing's gone wrong here, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing, there's there's no feeling to get rid of or mm-hmm. something to get through to the other end where things are going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the, the longing really is the longing for remembering, right? Yeah. Yeah. How things really are. It's yeah. not about changing them. It's not showing us that there's something to do, but the fact that that's how it already is and, and yes. just longing to, to get back into that place. But even the longing itself, there's, there's nothing wrong with it, right? It's, yeah. it's part of that brilliant process of, of seeing life in, in so many different ways, right? As it shows up and, and then kind of moving along with it. Yeah. So a big misunderstanding is that if if I am stuck in worry or fear or uncertainty, that means something's wrong. I mean, of course, I mean, that's how the mind has been conditioned to believe. If there's an unsettled feeling, something's wrong. But we're saying, actually... There's nothing wrong that that unsettled feeling is part of the painting, part of the pigment of what's showing up on the screen right now. That it's, it's actually not what it appears to be. And to resist it kind of keeps it in, in its form of a problem. And then the, and the mind loves to solve problems. But there's never an end product you know, coming off of the production line where, oh, we're done. We're all good here. We're happy forever. We're peaceful forever. Yet happiness doesn't reside in promises of the future. It's right here with any worry, with any feeling, any thought. And that that deeply resonates because I... I can think of areas in my life and I think most people have those um, areas in their lives where like there's nothing's ever enough, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you do get it right per the definition that you had, um, there's always that the bar keeps moving and you keep looking and and it's just this, this energy of, of, of looking and, and accomplishing and moving towards that doesn't seem to be satisfied. And, and sometimes it'll shift from one area to the other. And when we talk to, you know, when we work with people with certain habits, we, we see this and we see this in ourselves. So we, we had this habit that was a big problem. There's a big problem and, and either it stops being a problem and, and our perspective changes or, or we, you know, we feel that there was some change, right? Something yeah. shifted there. And then all of a sudden, this other thing comes up that yeah. was outside of our experience. And then now that's a problem. And yeah. and when you lean into that, not the specifics, but the general feeling, it's it feels familiar. Like, oh, yeah. here it is, right? Like yeah. here, here it is again. And um, yeah, that that really resonates in terms of how it it just it just has a flow to it. It has a feeling to it. And it it has very little to do with, with any of the specifics. It has to do with right. kind of a movement of life. Right. Not the content of the story of what's apparently happening. You, you remind me of the game whack-a-mole. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of people get caught in the game of whack-a-mole trying to, you know, one thing after another, one thing after another. And what we're saying here is 
it's it's the the whack-a-mole game is not is not happening to be played like that it's it's arising as an expression of this unknown unknowable spontaneous eruption of experience that there's there's no end to that game so to play it you will start if you start playing it and the mind is identified in as the problem solver of all these moles coming up that's when we start to feel suffering and heavy and worry and fear and those are beautiful feelings to highlight what's actually happening oh I'm playing this whack-a-mole game and I'm believing that there's an end to it. No, it's a game. And the feelings are a reminder that it is a game. That's right. It's not saying anything about the game itself or a world out there. It's just a reminder of, of that shifting of perspective that, there, there is this this game that's being played. Something is arising. It's being labeled, mm-hmm. and then all that is what is felt as experience, and yeah. and that's all that's ever happening. It's just, and, and and when we start to see that, when we start to see that the the feelings that we label as negative or tense are only a reminder about who we are versus uh, an alarm to something actually going off. Yeah. That, that naturally starts shifting in its own way. And, and there's, there's nothing for us to do there, which is what I think is really powerful is that there is no method. There's no sit here and see that it's a game. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will, and you will see. And when you do, something else will will arise something perhaps different will arise and it always does it. Yeah. yeah it always does it's just not recognized if if we are in the if, if the mind is in the belief that uh what i experience and perceive is actually the case is actually real and rock solid tight no question about it and i often tell people that I work with, your failure to control your experience is a success. You've been successful this whole time. Nothing was, nothing was ever meant to be controlled or figured out in, to the end to r- resolve some l- longing like what we talked about in the beginning. If I could just figure this out, I won't feel that longing anymore. Oh, darling, no. <laughs> so, so what do we do with that longing? What is, how do we, how do we dance with it? How do we live with it? I love to, to notice how that's already the case, that that's already how we're dancing. It's always been the dance. with longing that there's nothing actually new happening with that the if we want it to do is to notice how it's always been this way it's all there's always been a longing and a seeking but 
to start to come out of the idea that this longing and seeking is personal to the little me who is separate from the world and bring it, expand it into the realm of actually that's the whole thing is this longing. It has nothing to do with the separate me. It is life's longing. Yeah. That, that reminds me of that Michael Markham um, quote about that, that tension, that voice that, you know, has been, we've been fighting our entire lives is the universe singing. Yes. Yes. This has been the Wonderland podcast. If you'd like to explore further with Amanda or Alex, visit Amanda's website at uncoverispace.com or Alex's website at kanemacoaching.com.